Lord, we just want to thank you this morning for the testimonies of salvation. Amen. Lord, thank you that we're saved here today and that, um, Lord, that you delight in us, Lord. And we just want to thank you for that, Lord, and um, just help help us as uh, we receive your delight, Lord, that we would delight in you and the things that delight you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Um, if we want to open your Bible or you can look up here on the the front. I shared a lot of testimonies the first story. I didn't really give a mill preaching message. I just sort of talked sort of way it felt like a talk. It didn't feel like a preaching or a teaching. So uh, but I'm talking about forgiveness and that's really the uh, thing that is in the Lord's Prayer. So let's go ahead, Drew, and put Matthew six, nine through twelve. Uh, and let's get into this. In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So that's what we're talking about there. Forgive us our debts, forgive us our sins as we forgive, our, give, forgive those who've sinned against us. Now, if you notice in this part of the prayer, there's three aspects of the us. Okay, um, and I think it's really important. It's number one is give us this day our daily bread. So our daily bread is the material aspect of our, our Christian life on this earth, and then we have the forgiveness aspect of our Christian life on this earth. Uh, forgive us, and then you have the last thing is how you deal with the uh, the enemy. Deliver us from evil. Lead us not in temptation. Um, so. Number one, if you can get this daily bread thing down, you can become truly a prosperous person. That's the key to prosperity. I'm talking about material prosperity. You know, it's something that uh, if we can understand and have a revelation that God wants to provide our daily bread, we can walk in, 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 a, in a material prosperity that's, uh, you know, as the Bible declares, that the Lord gives riches and adds no sorrow to it. And that's really the kind of riches we want. And, and it's literally talking about material riches there. But the key is we need a real revel. This is a foundational truth. All right, the second foundational truth is forgiveness. All right, this is the key to having healthy relationships. Anybody here needing healthy relationships in their life? Everybody in this room has to deal with relationships. Every person on this earth. And if you really want to have healthy relationships, it's important for you to get this revelation of forgiveness. And the third thing is deliver us from evil, is having a victorious Christian life, how to live in victory over Satan, over the temptation of this world. And that's really what the Lord wants us. He's placed us in this world, and He's given us these foundational truths in order for us to live in this world in a way that He would have us to live in this world. And so it's, the analogy that I really have is like building a house. You can build a wonderful house, okay? But if you don't have the right foundation under it, it is not going to work. Okay, so we see there's a lots of how-to messages and things like that you find in the church which really are lacking the foundation. You know, we have prosperity teachings that really lack this foundation of our daily bread, and because they lack the foundation, just like if you build a wonderful house, it is going to sink. It's going to sink. It's going to fall apart. And that's why a lot of people's lives don't work. We're looking... A lot of the church now has gotten into this how-to thing, and it's almost like a psycho psychological... 
uh, using biblical principles in a psychological way. They don't work. That doesn't work. That's not what Christianity is all about. So it's important that we get this. So today we're talking about how to have healthy relationships through a foundation of, of receiving forgiveness and giving forgiveness. Are you with me this morning? In other words, you can't separate your relationship with God from your relationship with people. You can't be in a bad relationship with a person and be in a good relationship with God. It just simply will not work. So that's really important for us to get. Also, though, also, you can't be in unhealthy relationships with people and be in a healthy relationship with God. There are some relationships that we find ourselves in that God never meant for us to be in. And as long as we're in those unhealthy relationships, your spiritual life is not going to work. You understand what I'm saying to you this morning? Don't. So, um, I think it's un- real important for us to understand. Uh, let's put Matthew 6, verse 14 through 15. Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. And after he finished, he said, And yeah, but I want you to make sure you get this one point and think about it. The whole prayer, he was talking about some wonderful things, but he did say, hey, I want to go back and make sure you got this one thing. It's this one. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither your Father will forgive your trespasses. Now, Jesus made the point to bring it back that this is a very important part of our Christian life is forgiveness in our relationships with people. And he just, you know, wanted to make sure we got it. The Apostle Paul puts it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 through 11. Now, they were talking about a man that was in the church that Paul said, throw this man out of the church because he was in some serious immorality and he wouldn't come to repentance. So Paul advised him, throw this guy out of the church. He shouldn't be in the church because, you know, he was going to contaminate the church. But then there came a point where Paul required them to forgive this man, and he also required some reconciliation with this man. So uh, so this is what he said, Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Least Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So what Paul was saying is that is a doorway in the Christian's life is unforgiveness. If you do not deal with this issue of forgiveness, you are opening yourself up for the enemy to come into your life. It's like you've opened the gate that's typically closed and he can come into your life unhindered and begin to to do things in your life. So that's a great access point is unforgiveness. Now, a few years ago I read a book by R.T. Kendall. I even shared some things from that book and, and, and I wanted to give you some definition of what forgiveness is not. And the reason I'm sharing this is this really profoundly helped me because when I gave that message a few years ago about forgiveness, I was going through a desperate time in my life in some relationships I had. In particular, there were these two relationships in my life where I got seriously wounded in my life. And I was bat- it was the first time I'd ever come up to a place where, where I couldn't forgive. I just couldn't seem to get the forgiveness to work in my life. And God taught me a lot about forgiveness. And let me just tell you this. Not only did He teach me about forgiveness, through that He taught me how to have healthy relationships with people. Because out of forgiveness, out of walking in forgiveness, you can walk in healthy relationships with every person. That's, it's almost like forgiveness is like the root and there's a fruit of good relationships that can come in your life. 
But these are some things that really helped me because I, I struggled to forgive because I thought, you know, forgiveness meant so many things. This is not... Forgiveness does not mean these. Number one, it does not mean approval of what they did. It does not mean approval. In other words, we sin. God forgives us, but God does not approve of sin on any level. You got that? Number two, it doesn't excuse what the person did. It doesn't excuse them. Forgiveness does not explain away the wrong. Uh, It does not justify what they did. Justify means to make right or just. Forgiveness does not mean the wrong has been made right. Okay? Pardoning what they did. A pardon is a legal transaction that releases an offender from the consequences of their action. Forgiveness does not release the person who did the wrong from any consequence that God, let me emphasize God, not us, may allow. We sin and God forgives us, but there can be consequences to our sins. I think everybody in this room knows that. that you, You can sin and God will totally forgive you, but let me tell you, there's a consequence. And you know, continued sin, there's a huge consequence. Huge consequence. Uh, if you don't believe me, I can explain about that to you more personally from my own personal life of, as a Christian years ago being in sin and uh, having to suffer some things. And I can take you to some people who are, are their lives are pretty devastated over the consequences of their sin. And that's what they would tell you to this day. They're suffering mightily. I mean, sin is a very cruel... It, it's, it's cruel. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't, you know, there can be consequences, but God is the one who determines consequences, not us. All right, reconciliation. This was the big key for me, reconciliation. Reconciliation implies a, re- a restoration of the relationship. Forgiveness does not require reconciliation. It does, reconciliation is a whole different issue. You can forgive somebody and not be reconciled to them. Okay? And see, that's why a lot of people won't forgive. It's because they feel like they've got to go back and get into this unhealthy relationship with a person, and they just can't do it because they're thinking, well, if I forgive them, I've got to go put myself back in this person and put up with it, go back through this abuse or whatever. And no, you don't. It doesn't. Reconciliation is something else. You know, God may require reconciliation. Okay? And I'll talk about that in a moment. All right. Uh, forgiveness does not deny that there was a wrong committed. It's not denial, okay? Uh, It's not suppressing or repressing the fact that wrong has occurred just so you can deal with it, okay? Forgiveness is not blindness to what happened. Uh, Blindness is a conscious choice to look the other way. It's like explaining away the wrong actually occurred. That's, That's not forgiveness. Forgetting. See, we've always heard forgive and forget. That's not the Bible. The Bible doesn't require us to forget. In fact, there's some things that you should not forget. Okay, some people will sin against you, and you can forgive them, but you can't forget that these people, if you put yourself in, make yourself vulnerable to them again, they're going to do the same thing. You shouldn't forget it. Now, there are things that God will allow you to forgive. God can give you a, a like a selective memory where you just forget stuff. I've had people come to me and want to, you know, get things right with me, and I had forgotten I had wrong with them until they brought it back up. Now, that's wonderful. That's that's a gift from God, I think. It's a bit of forget those kind of things. Like, oh, I forgot about that. You know, yeah, you're forgiven. In fact, you're so forgiven, it, God just erased it out of my mind, and I forgot it. But that's not, God doesn't require us to forget. If, if He wants us to forget, He can take the forget, He can take the memory of it out of your mind. And then forgiveness is pretending you're not hurt. Pretending you're hurt. It's, it's, when you get hurt, 
when you get wounded, there's a reality in it. And you can forgive and still be wounded and hurt. Okay, but forgiveness is what actually, that's the first step in the healing process. Until you forgive, you're not going to get healed, okay? So what is forgiveness? So those are all those things are just what forgiveness is not. Y'all with me? Everybody with me? Good, I'm glad a couple people in here know about this stuff. The rest of you will find out the hard way. I'm telling you, man, I found out this stuff the hard way. Forgiveness, is this what forgiveness means? It means you just release the person from owing you whatever that is. They don't owe you anymore. They don't owe you. I had this relationship with this person, and this person, I mean, honestly, really tried to wreck my life. That's the way I feel like. Now, they did not intentionally do it, but that's what they were doing. And they were really putting it to me pretty hard over a period of time. And I was suffering with a difficulty to forgive them, and I had uh, concluded in my heart I had forgiven them. Okay? That's what I had concluded. Until one day uh, a mutual friend of me and this person I was talking to him on the phone, and he said, yeah, well, so-and-so said, you know, he was really sorry about the way he treated you. And when he said that, I exploded on the phone to this guy. I was furious. He's never said he's forgiven me. He never even admitted he was wrong to me. I was so upset. And uh, I realized something's wrong with me. I haven't forgiven that guy because all this bitterness just erupted out of my heart. So, uh, you know, the Lord... The, what, basically what the Lord said is, Byron, this is what you've got to do. Because I, I said, Lord, I will forgive that person. I got real with God, okay? God wants us to get real with him. I got real. I will forgive that guy when he comes to me and tells me that he was wrong and these are the things he did and he asked me to forgive him. And the Lord said, no, this is what I want you to do. I want you to forgive that person whether he ever speaks to you again for the rest of your life. Now, I've known this person for a long time. Okay, this person was somebody who was close to me. And what God was saying to me is, you've got to release this person. In fact, I went so I felt like the Lord was telling me to go this far. You need to go so far as for you, that person doesn't have to be your friend. He doesn't have to speak to you. He doesn't have to look at you. You've got to release him from all that. You've got to set him free totally. And I had to make a choice in my heart at that point in time, am I going to set this person free? That they owe me nothing. Now, that's what real forgiveness is. You release them regardless of what they do or don't do. It doesn't mean all the stuff they did was right. It's just that you have, as somebody said earlier, you took the IOU of what they owed you and you tore it up and threw it in a trash can. And, and that's a choice that we get to make about forgiveness. Um, so that's what forgiveness is. I wanted to read this scripture. This was a profound scripture in my life. It should be a profound scripture in every Christian's life. It's Matthew 10. This, this scripture should shape your life. If you can really get it, it will shape your life in the area of forgiveness and everything else that you are as a Christian. In fact, I would like to pick up a chair sometimes and throw it at, at Christians because Christians are like sitting on, like we're sitting on a gold mine and we refuse to tap into it. We refuse to use what God has placed in each one of us. And we have all these, these crummy excuses and we've been taught by religion and I tell you, when God begins to reveal stuff to you, you start hearing, you'll hear people pray a certain way or say certain things. You think, that's not in the Bible. That's not true. You're being cheated. We're being, a lot of us are being cheated out of our rightful heritage in Christ. A lot of us are. Okay? In fact, the church is ate up with that. It's like a cancer in the church. We're, we're being consumed. God has poured, He's lavished us, poured so much into us, and we sit around and mealy mouth God. Oh, I can't, or, you know, because I don't know, you know, we're asking. It's almost like, I'm sort of getting off a, a, a 
tangent here, but it's like this thing about wanting to know God's will. No, God's will is easy to know. God doesn't want to hide His will from your life. In fact, you've got God's will in you. It's resident in you. It's really easy to know if you really quit listening to what religion teaches you and, and listen to what the Holy Spirit, you know, has been given us to guide us in life. All right, but this is the, this is, I'm not going to hang, on, hang you out too much on that, but it's just, it says, As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received, freely give. Now, what has every one of us in this room who, who know Christ, who have accepted Christ, freely received? Forgiveness. That's what we're talking about. There's other things you you received. But today we're talking about Christ has freely forgiven you. He's forgiven you of your sins. When you came to Him and asked Him, He forgave you freely. He didn't require anything from you. He just wanted you to be truthful with Him, to be honest with Him, to acknowledge and he said, okay, that's good. I'm, I've forgiven you. So here's, here's this thing. We're walking around with this payload of forgiveness in us. I mean, we've got like a dump truck load of forgiveness in us. All righty? And the key to forgive anybody is to tap into the forgiveness that's been released into your life. Freely you have received, freely give. You got that? Now, here was a story of Corey Tim Boone. Everybody heard of Corey Tim Boone? Okay, if you haven't, you should go read the story Hiding Place. She was a Dutch, was a Dutch family during World War II who took in Jews and hid them from the Nazis to protect them. And, of course, eventually they got caught, and basically the Nazis murdered her whole family. And she and her sister were left alive in a concentration camp. Okay, And then she saw her sister die, her younger sister die, and she was the only one who made it out alive. And back in the 70s when we were first saved, Corey Tim Boone went around and spoke to young people and told some of her stories. Well, years down the road, she met one of the main guards that was in this concentration camp. One of the main guards who, at his hands, basically killed her sister. Okay? On a personal level. I mean, you know, he abused her. And, you know, so this was a very hated person. Of course she would hate somebody... But this man had received Christ and was looking to get forgiven from his, the atrocities that he was involved in. And there was Corey Tim Boone faced with the decision, will I forgive this person or not? And Corey Tim Boone could not forgive him. She couldn't do it. And the Lord spoke to her. Basically, I'm, long story short, it says, Corey, you can't forgive him, but I can. And if you'll let me, I will forgive that man through you. And she reached her hand out to court to uh, this guard to, because she knew that was what the Lord wanted, and she knew she was stuck if she wouldn't. She knew she was stuck. And as she reached her hand out, she said she felt a virtue, a power flow, come down into her arm, flow out and into this man. And he was, he was radically set free, and she was radically set free from, from bitterness in her heart over what had happened to her and her family instantly. You hear what I'm saying to you? And it was because she had forgiveness in her. And she said the secret to forgiveness, this is what she said, the secret to forgiveness is not that I can forgive. I can't forgive. But He can. And if I will choose forgiveness, He, he will release it, release it through me because I have freely received forgiveness. I have it in me. And that was really what happened with me. I'm putting myself in great company with Corey is I came, and I think sometimes we may all come to a point where somebody, somewhere in our life, we are not going to be able to forgive them. 
I may be able to forgive Brett if he, if he uh, steps on my toe too hard. Okay, but there's, there's some things that are very difficult to forgive. With these two issues in my life, I could not come to a place to forgive either one of them. I, could, I couldn't make myself. I tried to convince myself. And that's where I found out this truth is I can't forgive. In fact, God really doesn't expect me to forgive. He wants to forgive through me. He's given me the power of forgiveness. He has imparted forgiveness into me. And I can release what I have. Do you hear what I'm saying? You can release what you have. You can release what you have. You have forgiveness in you. You have the power to give that thing that was given to you. Freely you ever, that's the Bible. Freely you ever received. Freely give. That's really the way, the, really the only way. This is what uh, um, Matthew 5, 7 says. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Now, the way we read that is like, well, I've got to be merciful to get mercy. Well, that's not really the way, it, what it's really saying. It's saying, as you look back to the mercy you receive, see, it has to originate with God, not with you. Forgiveness must originate with God. As you look back to what you've already got, you allow it to flow through you. And because you allow the thing, the virtue of God to flow through you that He's given you already, then you can receive more back yourself. That's how the spirit, how, that's how the spirit world works. Did y'all understand that? It's you, allow, you look back to what God's already done in your life. You allow, it's when we cut that thing off and quit allowing it to flow through us. That's where you, Jesus says you're in trouble. When you cut that forgiveness off that I have poured into you, that's where you're, you're, that's where you're going to stumble in your life. So forgiveness ultimately does not rest on us. Ultimately, it, it rests on God. It rests on, on the faith of the Son of God. What we do is we reach out in faith Believe in what the Bible has said. Believe in we've received it. And as we do it, like Corey did, when she reached out in faith, something happened. Well, with me, I didn't feel nothing that day. I made a choice. Driving down the road, I made a choice to release that person. And when I made that choice, when I said, I'm there, don't owe me anything, Lord, I surrender it to you. That's where the grace of God came in my life and true forgiveness came. True forgiveness came. And I was able to totally forgive them. They owed me nothing. In fact, I, I actually thought this. They will never speak to me again. But I had settled my heart. They don't have to speak to me again. I was free from that. I was free and they were free. And I do have a relationship with that person today. Now, let me just say this, okay? And this is really important about relationships, okay? Is some people, when they sin again... This is the way I am, okay? Maybe you're more mature than I am. But this is the way I am when people hurt me. I mean, really hurt me. This is what I do. I slam the door on them. Okay? I shut the door of my life. I don't want them in my life. I want them away from me. That's what I am. I, I shut the door and, and I don't want to be around them. I want to hold them at arm's length. I want to keep, don't, you're not allowed in my life. I have built a sphere around me. You are not allowed. Well, I believe there's certain situations in your and my life when we should do that. Okay? I think that's just the way life is. There's some people that do not need to be in your life. And that's what I was saying earlier. Un, that's what I call unhealthy relationships. You know, honestly, if somebody's manipulating you constantly and your relationship's building their manipulation, get, get out of that relationship. I mean, get out as fast as your legs can carry. You don't need that relationship. 
there will be a time in your life when God will tell you, don't, don't disassociate you with that person. Uh, an obvious example would be somebody who is sinning and leading you into sin. I mean, that's, that's easy. But, but there's this other thing. It's learning how to have relationships with people that hurt you. Okay? I'm an extremist. I want to cut them off. I, I'm an extremist either way. I will totally give my heart to somebody when they really get to know me. I mean, people don't know this about me, but when they really get to know me, they know me. I mean, I don't hold back from them. People, everybody thinks I'm a real quiet person, but you can ask people that are close to me. I open myself up totally to people. Okay? I really do. But I found in my life, you just can't do that with everybody. God doesn't want you to open yourself up to everybody. Okay? It's like in your house. There's some people you will allow to come on the front porch, but you don't want them in your house. You ever felt that? People like that. I don't want you in the house. There's some people that are coming front, and you feel good about them coming into the foyer. And then there's some you invite into your living room, into your sit down at your supper table with you. But there's only a couple. Well, you you can let some people go up and view your bedrooms and stuff, but I don't want them staying there. <laughs> you don't belong there. There's only you know a couple of people that belong in the bedroom. And you see what I'm saying in our lives. And so what we have to do is learn the different people and where they belong in our lives. Okay, some people can come in closer some further. And that's having a healthy relationship. The Holy Spirit can teach you this. He can teach you who should be close and who should be far. Well, one of these people, we had this just brutal relationship. Our relationship, I had known this person long, and our relationship became very uh, explosive. Okay? And we got in some serious, like, conflicts. I mean, one of them became almost violent, almost a violent conflict one one day, and um, it was so violent. I'll tell you how violent. Explain it to you how violent it was. Just to let you know, as I was in, it happened in my office, and I was so upset. I jumped, he left. I jumped up and said, "I quit. I'm not going to be the pastor of church and, and with people acting like this, Lord. I'm, I'm done with this. I'm going to go find something else to do in my life." I walked out the back door, got in my car, dry, I got in my car to go to my house to tell Becky. Let's, we're going to do, we're going to do something else. We're going to, I'm quitting, and we're going to sell our house, and we're moving away because I've got to get away from here. Anybody ever felt that way about a relationship? You just need to escape. That's the way you fail. I've got to get out of here. So, you know, it takes me three minutes to get home by car. I can get home by foot quicker. It takes me three minutes. And I, drove, I pull up my driveway. As I open my door, the Lord said, You can quit, but I never told you to quit. You're doing it on your own. Basically, that's what he's saying to me. So I knew right then as I was getting out of my car walking into my house, I had a decision to make. I can take my life into my hands and do what I want, what I feel right now, or I can, you know, just not do what I was going to do. So I didn't do it. I said, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to hang in there, Lord, somehow or another, but something's going to change, Lord. And the way I dealt with this person for a while, I kept this person way away from me. I mean way away from me. And the more I kept them away from me, the more hostile they became towards me. I mean, it's just like, I, I mean, I didn't have anything really going with this person, but they really hated me for no reason. And they were just bitter toward me. And one day I remember sitting in the parking lot of the grocery store. Becky was in there shopping. I was out on the phone with this person. And I just, I mean, it was just like another beating I felt like I took, you know, just sitting there listening to this beating I was taking from this person. And, um... And I'm telling you, this had happened after numerous attempts to try to reconcile the situation, to try to fix things. 
and nothing, it, was un, it was totally unfixable. Okay? Totally unfixable. So after I hung up, I said, you know, I just, I just can't keep doing this, Lord. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you cannot cut that person off. That's what he said to me. You can't cut them off. That's why they're messed up is because you cut them off. I said, well, how can I have a relationship with a person that treats me like this, Lord? I can't do it. And he said, I'll teach you to have relationship, how to have relationships with people. If you'll let me, I will teach you. I will teach you, every person that you come in contact, what kind of relationship you're supposed to have with them. So the Lord began to teach me how to have relationships with people between this one fella and this other fella. Now, three months later, this guy who I had this awful phone call calls me on the phone and says, I need to get together with you. I'm thinking, dreaded. You know, here we go again. So I met. So I said, okay, well, let's meet at such and such restaurant. You know, and I picked a restaurant that was not, didn't have booths, that it was completely open because I did not want to go sit in some private booth and let this guy just, you know, put it to me again. I mean, because I, I feel like I'm going over here and I'm going to take another beating. And he sat down, and this is the first thing he says, Byron, I need you in my life. That's what he said to me. I need you in my life. And I realized what the Lord said to me that day. is By me totally cutting him off, it was hurting him. Because God meant for me to have a relationship with this person. But it didn't mean for me to have the relationship that I had with him prior. My relationship with him needed to change. It needed to be different. In other words, I had let that guy into my life deeply. And the Lord was saying, no, he, you've let him go too far in your life. Build some boundaries in your life with him, but have a relationship with the fella. And you can have a relationship. So I said, okay, let's have a relationship. Let's just start all over. Let's just start from scratch and build a, build a relationship that's going to be a blessing to you and a blessing to me, and then the Lord will be happy because we won't be, you know, killing each other. You know, and this guy physically was a lot bigger than me, so I always felt somewhat threatened, you know, if we ever got in a fist fight, because literally I felt at times it was coming to that. Now, we can all act all like we were righteous, but I'm telling you, when, when you feel threatened and somebody's coming at you in a real aggressive way, you, you, it's, you know, they, that old thing, fight or flight kind of thing, that's the way you feel. It's like, uh, where are you, Holy Spirit, because I need you right now. You know, because I feel like I've got to get out of here, and this guy, I think this guy's going to kill me trying to get out. And I think, what, but what God wants to do is He wants to teach us how to have relationships with people. But you can't learn how to have relationships with people if you don't forgive people, if you don't allow God to forgive through you, if you don't submit yourself to forgiveness. And if you'll do that, the Lord will begin to talk to you about relationships and tell you, all right, this person, they only get on the porch of your life. And they could be a wonderful person. It's just they wouldn't be good for you. You wouldn't be good for them. So everybody, I'm around now. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to show me how to relate to that person. Okay? And, cause, and, and, and on the other side, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to show me how far I can go with people. Okay? Because you can only go, you know, you can only go where you're welcome. You can't trespass on people. You hear what I'm saying? Some people will trespass. They would like push, push through and keep pushing through beyond what they should. I'll admit, I do push on people's doors. Okay, I just go push in the door and see what's going to happen. And right away, you know something like, don't come in the door. You know, don't come in the door. I don't want you in here. And you have to respect that. And that's how I figure out how to relate to them. Well, they'll let me come this far. I honor that. I bless them. Okay, and that's the kind of relationship that God wants me to have with them. So I have found in my life, after learning how to let God give, let God move through my heart to forgive people, that God is teaching me how to have good relationships with people. 
I have a lot less conflict right now. There may be some people mad at me, you know, that would like to get me. They ain't saying it. But I'm having a lot better in terms of relationship because I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to be my leader and my guide in my relationships with people and telling me how to relate to people and how not to relate to people. But I could have never got there. I think that is all a direct result of me learning how to forgive the most two difficult relationships I had in my, my, my life, period, ever, ever. They were the two worst. And so if you could, this morning, if God would spare you from having to go through the worst, okay, where you don't have to get, because I I, that, that was a downer for me. That lasted, it lasted at least two years, probably three years, that I felt like I went through hell for three years in terms of relationship. You hear what I'm saying? And God, that's really not what the, really the Lord wants us to do. He just, you know, lets crazy people like me do some stupid stuff. Well, one of the things I also feel that the Lord showed me about forgiveness, that it is a key, it's a basic um, virtue of the Lord that releases other compassion in your life. In other words, if you can forgive, then you are, you've released this compassion towards somebody. You've released mercy towards somebody. Well, there's other aspects of compassion and mercy, like healing. Jesus healed lots of people because he had compassion on them. I think a lot of people are sick because they refuse to forgive. I mean, medical science has proven that. Remember I told you a story about John G. Lake who had one of the greatest healing ministries of anybody in the last hundred years that we know of? And he would, people would come to his house and they would pray for him. They would get healed just one after another. One after another. Then there'd be some people that would pray for him and they couldn't. Why they, so they would tell them people to go sit in the living room. And then the wife, who was prophetic, would come in there and pray for him. The Lord would say, uh, you're not getting healed because of that unforgiveness that you have towards your sister. And that person would either repent and forgive and get healed, or they wouldn't, but they'd walk away. If they wouldn't, they'd walk away with the element they had. You hear what I'm saying to you? So I, so I believe on, on one hand, we hinder God from healing us through unforgiveness. On the other hand, as we become forgiving people, I believe God will use us to let healing flow through our lives to people in whatever way He wants to heal them. I believe that's the truth because it's a compassion. Uh, here's another thing I feel like can really help us. This is just a, an attitude. As we were talking to this young man recently. He was going to be getting married. And we, I, you know, Becky asked, actually Becky asked this question, what about this person's weakness? Okay, that was the question. What about their weaknesses? And this young man looked and said, what weaknesses? And my first response was, and I didn't say it, thank God I didn't say it, was, what, what weaknesses? Are you stupid? And I had a list of weaknesses I wanted to tell them. But as I was saying it, the Lord was saying, you're not getting it, Byron. You don't get it, do you? When I think about you, I don't think about your weaknesses. I don't think about, Byron's a bad guy. That boy, you know, so I can imagine myself thinking, well, Lord, you know, old Buzz Shaver, that guy is, and the Lord's saying, what are you talking about? I have no clue what you're talking about. That Buzz Shaver has a bad attitude. I don't see what weaknesses. And the Bible clearly states, it's 1 Peter 4, 8, 
And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. And see, I think if we practice an attitude in our life of not looking at the faults in people that they truly have, okay, I'm not denying that they have weaknesses and faults, but I'm saying practicing the attitude of not seeing that person, but seeing them through love. Okay, and because ultimately, you know, you can stand up here all day long and tell me all my weakness. That ain't going to do me no good. The things that's helped me the most is when I've been loved and received love, and I was loved out of my weaknesses. I was loved out of my faults. That's what the Lord did. He loved us out of our sin. And that's the Bible's way of dealing with those things. So when you pray, and you pray about relationships, don't talk to God about how crummy that person is. Okay? Tell God how you feel. Get real with God, because He wants people to get real with Him. Get really real with Him. This is how I feel, Lord. I messed up. It's like I told the Lord that day. When that sorry wrestle comes and repents me and tells me all He's done wrong and, and, and miss His wrong, I'll forgive Him. I was being real with God. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be real with Him, but He doesn't want us to drag people through the dirt. And that's the truth. That's, that's a tremendous thing. Now, the, other, the last thing I wanted, are y'all with me this morning? Because I think God wants us to have healthy relationships. Okay? Romans 8, 38 through 39. This is a powerful revelation here, I think, because this is, this is Paul. This is what Paul's saying. And Paul gives us a great clue in what he admits here. Okay? He says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, all right, that's two things, death, that's pretty powerful things, death and life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power. So he covers it. Angels, principalities, or any kind of power. That's pretty powerful stuff, right? You know, principalities are the most powerful demonic forces they are. Angels are powerful. Then these other things, he just calls powers, whatever powers they are. Uh, nor things present, nor things to come. Now, no matter what's happening in your life now, or what's going to be happening in the future. Nor height or depth. You know... <laughs> the high in the rocket ship or, you know, down in the deepest hole in, in the world. Nor any other created thing. He's covering all bases. Shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He was saying none of those things. But he left out one thing. Did y'all catch that? That's right. From, go back. Flip back so you can get it. And I want you to get it. Because this is important. Uh, death of life, anger of prince lies, things present, or things to come, present or future. What did he leave out? He left out the past. What Paul was trying to... He was giving us a big hint here. A person's past can separate them from the awareness of God's love. Your past, and this is what he's trying to say. If you refuse to forgive... See, when we talk about forgiveness, the first person you've got to deal with on the forgiveness plane is who? You. If that person you're looking at in the mirror and that past you have. Now, a lot of people refuse to forgive themselves. I find it to be a plague with lots of people. They're plagued by their yesteryear. They, they can't forgive themselves. And, I, and this is the real truth. I'm just going to cut to the chase. That's nothing but pride. And that's really what it is. It's pride not to forgive yourself. So you might as well go ahead and get that one straight because anything that we're, you know, when God said, I forgive you, you're forgiven, we need to be able to accept what He's done and not require something else. But a lot of us require that for ourselves. So I think really one of the things that we need to do, a lot of you need to do, is to be able to forgive yourself from your past, things you've done that you shouldn't have done, and be free of them. 
because the Lord's forgiven you. And when you do that, you've released His forgiveness to you. And then you can, it's easier to release it to somebody else after you've released it to you because you're going to be the hardest person to forgive there is, you yourself. And God wants people to forgive themselves. He don't want you to be held back by your sins of your past. It's, it's imperative for you to get this because it will separate you from the awareness of God's love. Not God's love, but the awareness of it. And we need to be very aware of God's love in our life, the richness of it. That's a motivator in our life. So, I mean, that's you know, sort of the thing you know, I feel like the Lord's giving me to share. So what I wanted to do this morning is I wanted to... Uh, get them, let's get the ministry team out here. Do we have a ministry team this morning? That's good. We do. I want, what I want to do is for those of you in this room this morning who may be suffering from unforgiveness that you have an issue with either yourself. Now, I'll tell you there's another thing, okay? It's being mad at God, being disappointed with God because God didn't do what you wanted him to do. You ever been mad at God and been disappointed with him? Didn't want to talk to him? Knew you had to because he was God, so you just had to kind of go along with the program because, I mean, I do that. You know, yeah, am I the only idiot in this room who does stupid things like that? Because God's God and you've got to get with the program because you ain't got no other way around it with him. But there's been times when I actually feel like, Lord, I just feel like I almost need to forgive you, Lord, because of, not that he sinned against, but that's getting real with God. God wants us to get real with him. Quit being religious with him. Get real with the way you feel with him. Okay? Get rid of that religious thinking. And that's how you get free of stuff. You realize, well, heck, God, you know, I'm the one that's messed up, not God. But so that's one thing. If, if you're suffering from that with the Lord, if you're suffering from you won't forgive yourself in the past, or if you have messed up relationship, husband-wife relationship is one of the biggies, okay? Or any kind of relationship where you feel like, Lord, I need, I need to have step over the threshold of forgiveness in my life. So if you would like to receive prayer for that this morning, we would like you know to stand up here and they'll be glad to pray for you and bless you. Otherwise. You're dismissed.